1: Stand by for an urgent bulletin.
2: This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz.
3: So I feel like I'm a kind of a local hero. It's all fun on top. Jeff Lutz.
1: I'm about to start winning some awards. You're living in a world of make believe with flowers and bells and leprechauns and magic frogs with funny little hats. 97.5 and
2: 1240 KFH.
3: Are you ready? Let's go! <laughs> Hello and welcome, it's a Wednesday edition of the Bob and Jeff Show, KFH Radio, Bob Lutz, Jeff Lutz co-hosting, Max Power Producing and Engineering, 869-1240, that is the IHOP Hotline, happy to have you in a rainy, rainy, rainy Wednesday, rained out our playoffs in League 42, Uh, we don't like the forecast, so we're moving all that to early next week.
1: Doesn't seem like a good uh, rest of the week for people who want to be outside without rain
3: supposed to storm overnight again tonight Uh, some chance tomorrow then friday uh, supposed to rain as well so not good we usually don't have this kind of rain in in
1: july well we had a long long drought and i know it's rained quite a bit but uh this is the type of rain that uh, gets us off the drought gets us it puts an end to the drought what do you know
3: about what gets us out of a drought what do you how much how much is needed what we needed signif- about three inches and what uh signifies a drought uh let's hear all the ramifications
1: no nah, i don't want to do that
3: in other words you you don't have a clue no nah, i
1: don't want to do that
3: uh just don't want to you that's heard not- them talking about a drought
1: and uh so now that's your what do you mean i heard them talking about a drought. Word. i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know if that's what happened or not I think I just noticed that it wasn't raining for a long time. But, well, yeah,
3: but we, you you heard the guys out of Channel 12 gather around and and, uh, and discuss
1: drought conditions, and then you heard it from your desk. Well, I am and 40 now, years old. I do know what a drought is. So, yeah, I guess I got a little bit of a head start uh, before I showed up at Channel 12 about knowing a drought. But, uh
3: well, we all have a
1: simple understanding of a drought, uh, but we don't really know... It has to do with rainfall. There's not that much technical to it. It's amount of rainfall. There's level five drought. That's the worst. Uh, I was told or informed. I wasn't directly told, but it was out there in our meeting that we'll you probably overheard it. No, it was in the. It was in our editorial meeting. It was. It was said to the entire audience uh, that we'll probably go back to a level three at worst, which is kind of uh, out of the out of the weeds.
3: So, so we're to happy speak. to get a little rain, but uh, we don't like it postponing league 42 baseball but we've already done it so we're not playing tonight and uh we'll hopefully get uh get games uh going on monday
1: yeah and uh maybe this rain will have cooled things down a little bit or maybe it'll be a million degrees now uh, the weather in july is never perfect
3: well i stayed up last night and watched your guardians pull one out against atlanta Congratulations on that. I didn't, whatever, I mean. Did you watch it? Some of
1: it. So you missed the uh, the. Uh, no, I didn't miss the the end, uh, but I was I was uh, a little bit perturbed by Shane Bieber's start to the game, uh, but he did. End well, up, you're playing the best team in he the did game. End up, in, but in I baseball. don't like I don't like guys who don't compete and just want to hit the corners and and I just I, did, I don't like watching that. If you're gonna do that, I'm i do not have time for it.
3: Well, either, either you're, you're be- knocking one of your best starters over the past six, seven years. So, if that's the kind of appreciation you have for a guy like Shane Bieber, but if you don't, then think, you're not much of a
1: fan. If you don't think your best is going to beat their best, then then I don't want to I don't want to deal with well, it. Well, his best is now hitting the corners, and I don't think it precision. is precision.
3: Uh, he doesn't is. throw ninety five, ninety six anymore.
1: Well, he could, I bet.
3: So you got to live out there. You got to try to hit the spots. A lot of pitchers do that. Zach Grinke's made a living off of it forever, as has Adam Wainwright. I want to talk about those two pitchers. But they don't walk, guys. Uh, Zach Grinke, now 1-9 and nine after a bad start. Adam Wainwright uh, is going on the IL with a shoulder injury. Neither guy probably should have come back for, for this year um, because it's not going well. How sad is it to see an, a, a franchise icon? and Grinky and Wayne Rider certainly that for the Royals and the Cardinals. How sad is it to see them
1: uh falter in their final year. It's not that sad to see it with Grinky. Uh he's Why? Cuz he's going to be a Hall of Famer and so what? Uh he he's old and he hasn't Pitched well this year, but he's going to cruise into the Hall of Fame, probably on the first ballot, and he's a beloved guy for his uh, personality and his quirks and uh, all the stories written about him. It seems that a lot of people have found him pretty charming and and lovable over the years, and he is a franchise icon, and this Royals team is is going nowhere, so it's not like uh, he could have pitched them into contention or anything. He's uh, not a good pitcher at this stage of his career on not a good team so Zach Grinke has already uh, cemented his legacy I would argue that for Adam Wainwright too but to see him it's it's a little sadder because that team had hopes he's chasing 200 wins he's the last guy remaining from that triumvirate uh, group of Cardinals last year that included Molina and Pujols and now uh, he's on the IL with probably a phantom injury So who knows when or if we'll see Adam Wainwright again?
3: Well, you say Grinky undoubtedly is headed to the Hall of Fame, and I probably agree with you. Two hundred twenty-four wins, one hundred fifty losses. Cy Young, Wainwright, on the other hand, one hundred ninety-eight wins, only one hundred twenty-one losses. Lower ERA, uh, has not won a Cy Young, but he's finished. Second in the Cy Young award voting twice and third twice, um,
1: why isn't he a lock for the hall well, Oh maybe he will get in. I don't know it's, it seems like the uh, isn't isn't he at least
3: as good as Grinky? I wouldn't say so, no
1: why? Because Grinky's been a better pitcher over the years. Well, how do you figure? He just, just has. gave you the numbers. What numbers? He has twenty-seven more Wainwright
3: wins. Wainwright has a lower ERA. Uh, I don't. Again, I'm trying to figure out what you're talking about there.
1: Well, what else does he have besides a lower ERA, which uh, Grinky's has been a little bit elevated from his early, the early part of his career and the late part of his career. I don't think there's any arguing uh, that the prime of Zach Grinky probably better than that of Adam Wainwright. And Grinke has more losses because he played for the Royals for a long time and then uh, pitched for, like, the Diamondbacks and teams that weren't necessarily. Well, I, can't, I can't help. Uh, he also went to the Dodgers and the Astros. Okay, well, how many losses did he have for those two teams? Probably not that many. Quite a few.
3: He had, had his best years for the Dodgers. it uh, probably should have stayed there right i mean you add up the dodgers years uh in 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 there in la he was 64 and 22. It's pretty good in four seasons he went to houston and was 22 and 10. so 86 and 32
1: when he pitched for
3: elite team
1: there you go doesn't that uh make quite a bit of a difference Yeah, it's great to pitch for elite teams. What was his record when he won the Cy Young? It was like eleven and ten or something like that. uh, When he won something like that, I don't I don't get into all that. Well, if Uh, we're talking wins, of course he's going to lose a lot of games for the Royals. Everybody loses a lot of game games for the Royals.
3: Sixteen and eight in two thousand nine was was that his Cy Young award year? Maybe Uh, had a two point one six ERA.
1: It might be uh, Felix Hernandez I'm thinking of who had a, a 500-ish record and won a Cy Young award. But, yeah, is that Grinke? Uh,
3: Wainwright and Grinky in many ways are the same pitcher.
1: Except, uh, their numbers uh,
3: are very similar.
1: What about uh, wins above replacement? Well, I don't know about wins above replacement. Again, I don't. So we're
3: talking value. That doesn't mean
1: anything to me. Forty-five point five to seventy-six point nine. These these pitchers aren't even in the same same. Of course they are. Atmosphere. They're not even on the same oh, planet, brother. You you trust war? Yeah, as far as value, that's what value is. Wainwright is a postseason hero. Then he might get in the Hall of Fame. Two thousand six. The Cardinals climb. don't win without him, right? You you would
3: agree with that.
1: Okay, but we're we're now we're now taking the argument to uh different places that How many
3: postseason games has Grinky been in?
1: Please look that up for me. Twenty-two.
3: He's uh he's Well, I'd like to know what his record is. Four and six. Four and six, what's his ERA? Four one four. Four one four. Uh Wainwright, four and five. in the postseason and he's pitched in 29 games all right again you don't give
1: postseason nearly enough well not when it become credit uh, zach grinky doesn't need postseason accolades to get into the hall of fame he's already in the hall of fame if there were you know uh something Separating him, or something that was incomplete, or something that was missing, and he could point to his postseason performance as you know where I lost doctor? it for Grinky when he said something negative about Chris Carpenter
3: uh, when Grinky pitched for Milwaukee and they were getting ready to face one another in the playoffs. And,
0: and he, he said popped what?
3: off. Of, look it up. Hey, look Has it up. Has that Grinky ever said something positive? Look it up. The guy popped off. And you know what Carpenter did? Uh uh-uh. uh what carpenter does? Went out and shoved it.
1: I guess I don't. Re- I don't remember, to be honest. I do I'll, remember. I take your word for it. I do remember. Well, I'm trying to pull up the article. Uh, they think his presence, his attitude out there, sometimes is like a phony attitude. And then he yells at people. He just stares people down and stuff. And most pitchers just don't do that. And when guys do, I guess some hitters get mad. Some hitters do it to pitchers. But when you do that to some people, we'll get mad. When you do that, some people will get mad. There's other pitchers in the league that do it, but I don't know. A lot of guys on our team don't like Carpenter.
3: Well, you know what? Cry me a river, Grinky. <laughs> that's a that's an insult, cry me a river. A lot of guys on Oh, a lot of guys on our team don't like Carpenter. What, what a whiny. Oh, because you loved the Brewers. What a whiny guy he was. Oh, what Brewer did you love back I then? Don't, I, but I'm not going to be quoted. Nobody's going to come and talk to me. Okay, well, when, you've hated when, Johnny Cueto for 45 years. When you're because a, he had when the you're call a member of the Brewers and you start whining about an opposing player, well, we don't like him. I mean, how weak is that?
1: Zach Grinky's always going to be honest. you Aren't you the guy who's like, well, tell us the truth? Uh, a
3: lot of guys don't like Chris Carpenter. You know who likes him? Everybody who plays with him. Everybody? Yeah. You sure? I've never heard any former cardinal say anything negative about Chris Carpenter, one of the bulldogs of the game. And those are the kinds of pitchers I'm drawn to.
1: Why aren't you drawn to Zach Grinky?
3: Because he does it on talent? He's a, he's okay. He's a good I mean, he's a
1: really great pitcher. I don't have but I don't like whiners. He wasn't whining. That's Zach do you not know Zach Grinky? Zach Grinky's gonna say exactly what's on his mind at all times and not care a lick. That's about, what, but isn't that the
3: biggest compliment you can pay Chris Carpenter? And what's the issue? A lot of guys on our team don't
1: like him. It, it, Please so what's the problem? If he's complimenting him. Prince Fielder doesn't like who cares?
3: Right. Get a head care? off of him. I'm sure he did. That's my that's my point. Well, you and I would not... I, I would have struck you out every time you batted.
1: Based on what? If because you were a, a
3: bulldog? Yes. If there's a way we could go back in time to where you and I could square off and I was pitching and you were hitting, I, I, would, I would... There's no way you'd get a hit off of me. No, I'd probably crush you. I don't think so. To be honest. I don't think so. I would... I, I bore down on every hitter, but I would especially go after you. Is that right? And you'd probably try to lay down a bond or some nonsense. Because I know you can, and if you're not you did, athletic. And if you did, I'd field it and throw it right at your head.
1: Oh, that'd be on as base you, then.
3: As you were running down the
1: first baseline. That's the kind of bulldog we're talking about. Is that right? Well, that's good. Some guy wants to injure other pitchers to make up for his deficiencies. Yeah. So whatever I need to do to send a message to your dugout. Well, Zach Grinky doesn't do that. He just pitches. So you like. You like uh, Zach? I'm Grinke. not a huge fan of Zach Grinky as a pitcher, but I don't. I mean, I don't mind him. I don't mind him uh, saying stuff. My wife
3: clarifies. Grinky made fun of Carpenter's facial expression. Now, here's a guy that hasn't had a facial expression in his entire life.
1: Right, because he's that e- grinky. So, but but if Chris Carpenter was even I've keeled have seen more out, exciting wallpaper. But if Chris Carpenter was even keeled out there and didn't get emotional, do you tell your pitchers to make a bunch of facial expressions and be emotional on the mound? It depends on the pitcher. No, you don't. You tell him not to. I, I When you get to the big leagues, you can do
3: what you want. If you pitch better when you're emotional, go for it. Chris Carpenter pitched better when he was emotional.
1: Well, Zach Greinke so just You know who else did that? better? Bob Gibson. Okay. How do you know he was emotional? Are you serious? Yeah. How do you know he was emotional? Because I watched him pitch. But what did he do that was emotional? Oh, my God. Grimace, growl. I mean, the guy was a... a, a he seemed like a guy who was in pretty uh,
3: good control of his emotions. Well, if anything, a yeah. lot of times he was, but you don't mess with him. He'll buzz one up around your chin. And I almost wish you could have faced Gibson to to experience that. Because I think it would have been good for you. you Did anyone ever buzz you around your chin? No. Why would they? That's dumb. Did Mike Pelfrey, who you faced a few times, ever come inside against you? Probably. I don't know. Well, I, I
1: would have liked to have seen it. Oh, Mike Pelfrey just pitched. A lot of guys just pitch. Clayton Kershaw just pitches, you know, like, best pitcher of our of my generation, this generation. Uh, the guy just goes out there and pitches. Don't you like that? Yeah, I like that. What are you looking at?
3: Uh, somebody's working on our flower beds. St- uh, when it's raining? Yeah, I thought she was coming tomorrow, but she's here now. All right. So, you know, whatever. It's not raining now. Well, it will again. Make it easier to pull up the... Uh, the weeds, you know, sure. Get the you you get them soft, they pull up easier. I suppose this is about the third day in a row where you haven't quite known what to talk about with me. Uh,
1: to carry on a conversation. What do you mean? <laughs>
3: you <laughs> I
1: just, thought I think I've held. I mean, I've carried on this conversation just fine. Well, you're defending Zach
3: Grinky and you're defending things that you shouldn't defend. I shouldn't defend Zach Grinky. I don't know. I'm the not guy a guy who's beloved in the sport. Is he beloved in the sport? Yeah, Zach Grinky's yes. beloved in the sport.
1: Yes. Read everything. Is it
3: because that's... of longevity? No, it's because he's a good teammate. Is he more beloved than Wainwright? Possibly. Oh my gosh. Who's going to have the
1: the 30 year broadcasting well, career? You think Zach Grinky would be even remotely interested in a broadcasting career? We'll probably never hear from Zach Grinky again when he's done pitching. I'd be surprised if we do. He'll probably just go out and live world. Adam remotely. Wainwright's probably the best teammate ever. Okay. That doesn't who's, mean. Who's your best teammate with the uh, Guardians? Jose Ramirez. Who hasn't it's, said a word this it's season? It's good when your best player is also your your best teammate and the guy who gets everyone going.
3: Well, congr- as I started the segment, congratulations on your win last night. It's just a win, uh, but you beat the Braves, and you always you're you're thankful when you can beat them because very few teams beat them. So if you can get a game against them, you you take it.
1: Probably not going to win tonight with Cal Quantrill on the mound. He'll probably get roughed up again. Playing the Braves again? Yeah.
3: Well, they'll annihilate you. Who's pitching for them? Soroka. Well, I don't know what he's got, but. Uh... I wouldn't. I, I don't like your chances. I don't either. Cal Quantrill's pretty bad. Here's what we have on tap. Connor Frankcamp will join this show in about five minutes. We'll talk about the aftershocks. We'll talk about his career overseas. He'll catch us up on how that went. Uh, we'll talk with Connor Frankkamp coming up shortly. Mike Virtus will be with us for Pop Culture at about 2.45. He'll hang around and talk about top ten uh, top ten Wednesday. He's gonna he's got another interesting one. Mike uh comes to play, doesn't he? Usually. Um here's what he's doing. His strangest celebrity hobbies. Huh. What's your top ten list?
1: Uh my favorite Hawaiians.
3: Really? Yeah. This goes from the Don Ho yeah, text sure. you had the other day. It sure does. Tiny Bubbles. Uh I bet he's on the list. And mine is going to be memories of my childhood that are related to the summer, summer activities that I really enjoyed as a kid.
1: That sounds fun. Yeah, it is
3: going to be fun.
1: Maybe I'll do that list sometime.
3: Uh, so that's what we got coming up for Top 10 Wednesday. We will take a break and return and talk with Connor Camp, former Shocker, current AfterShock. That uh, TBT starts in a couple weeks out at Coke Arena. We'll talk to Connor Frank camp next. Call from
2: mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
4: This is
2: the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFH.
3: Music from the summer of 1973. This is War the Cisco Kid. Connor Frankamp joins us on the IHOP hotline uh, getting ready to be the one of the mainstays for the aftershocks for the fourth year. Is that right, Connor? Is this going to be your fourth year with that team?
2: I believe it's coming on year four. Yes.
3: Wow. Time flies. So how much are you looking forward to that tournament this year? What do you think of the uh, team that's around you and what kind of a shot do you think you have?
2: I'm excited for it. Um, I think last year we had a really good chance to win it. And then obviously, you know, kind of fell short in the semis, but, um, we have a similar team this year, so um, hopefully, you know, we can we can win those home games. We have four four home games if we keep winning, so that's that's a pretty big advantage, I think, for for us.
1: What's it like, Connor, being the face of that team? Because a few guys, you know, have uh, not returned this year, saying they want a little bit of rest and. You know, now I'm not saying that people don't care, but it might not make as big of an impact as if you said that, and people would be disappointed just because of the uh, the the impact you've had on the team and the tournament. So, do you ever feel like you want to take a year off, and just you know, what is it like? Uh, like I said, just being the face of that team.
2: I think I'm pretty fortunate for it to be in Wichita. You know where I'm from. Um, obviously, those guys have great reasons to not travel all summer you know, after after long seasons over over in Europe. Um those seasons in Europe can be long, so I don't really blame them for wanting to take a break. Um I just feel pretty fortunate to be able to have you know have it be pretty much here all in Wichita.
3: Connor Frankamp, our guest, point guard, uh, shooting guard, whatever backcourt position you want to put him in <laughs> for the aftershocks. Also uh but getting pretty far along now in a great professional career Uh, overseas i believe you were in turkey this past year tell us about that uh, the team you played for your uh, level of of play and and how that went
2: we had a really good team um obviously i was in the city where the earthquake um happened so that kind of shook up the entire year luckily that that weekend we were um in istanbul and my family was actually in istanbul with me that weekend it was the only weekend they actually traveled with me that entire year so um we were all extremely fortunate for that but yeah that was an absolute mess so overall we're just happy to make it back safe um the year was okay we, we had a good team um we probably didn't finish as high as we wanted to but uh, we had a good team i had a pretty good year um yeah i'm excited to see what the next step holds
1: so you were in russia right when that whole thing started too
2: i sure was i've had two two years in a row that pretty
3: crazy things. I'm not inviting uh, you so. to play for my team. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, does that weigh,
1: on, I mean, does like, that weigh on your decision-making at all? Do you start <laughs> checking out, I know you can't predict an earthquake, but the political, political landscape in, in places you might be playing um, or or how do you now uh, approach that with everything you've gone through?
2: Definitely, yeah. Especially, like I said, after these last two years, uh, I mean, nobody could predict it, the war and then Obviously, an earthquake. So, um, and I'm next year will be my sixth year pro. So, um, I'm not that I'm not that young anymore. Where I'll just take any job. So, um, I definitely will. will be very picky here. at this next, you know, these next few years.
3: Connor Frankeam saying he's not that young anymore. He'll be 28 later in this uh, later this <laughs> month. Uh, that's 40 years uh, younger than I am. So, I, I'll go with it. If you say you're not okay. that young anymore,
1: Connor and I are as old okay. as you together.
3: There you go. Uh, that's scary to think about. Uh, so Connor, you've had in your 28 years, you've had a lot of life. Um, I was just thinking about this as I was uh, getting ready to do this interview today. If you're inclined to write, it would be fascinating to see, uh, your book and your autobiography because there would be so many elements to it. Uh, A lot of ups and downs, a lot of successes, some, you know, that I'm sure didn't, They'll go quite the way you'd hoped. Is that something that's ever crossed your mind?
2: Honestly, it never has. But you bringing that up, um, it would be kind of interesting, I think. Um, like you said, I've had quite a few ups and quite a few downs, you know, in, in my career. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe I would think about that. I think it would be, you know, probably be good for my mental health and everything too. you know, to get everything out there and kind of just see, see what would happen with that
3: so what and and staying on that vein and you and you don't have to tell us the lowest low you've experienced because that's all personal stuff but what's what's the highest high what's what's the best uh the, the best point you've been at uh, so far in your young life um,
2: uh that is a good question. I would say um winning two gold medals is pretty sweet. When I was, that was 16 and 17, I was 16 and 17, so that was a while ago, but that was pretty awesome to be able to represent my country like that and to be able to win two gold medals. And then, obviously, my lifelong dream was to commit to KU, and I, I did that, you know, at pretty young. So those were two really, really cool things I feel like in my life.
1: I was I was curious, Connor. Going back to the to the overseas thing, when you're in a in a different country and working there and, and living there, do you consider yourself almost like a citizen of that country? Do you do you pay attention to the stuff that's going on? Do you interact with with the people, uh, you know, even outside of of your team? Uh, do, how do you how do you treat that, or do you just treat that like a job and then you'll be coming home at the end? I try
2: as best as I can to kind of, you know, immerse myself in into the, you know, the surrounding stuff besides besides sports or basketball, or whatever. When I'm over there just to kind of make the time go faster. Um, obviously, there's some times where you know I miss home a lot and kind of just want to go go basketball and then come back home. But um, I think it's better for the, for a player overseas to kind of, you know, just get used to the entire environment and um, kind of put yourself in with everybody else.
3: Talking uh, with Connor Frank Camp, Uh, the Aftershocks, the TBT begins, I believe, two weeks from tomorrow out of Coke Arena. Uh, The Aftershocks will be home. So, one of the teams you'll be facing, as well as Kansas State alumni, is a KU alumni team. So, this ought to be, this is like a dream come true, getting to see all these former Shockers, Wildcats, Jayhawks in one spot. How exciting is it to have both K State and KU in this field as well?
2: Oh, it's awesome. And I think all those teams are, are pretty good this year. Um, I know KU has a really good team. Um, I think K-State has a really good team, too. So it'll be awesome if we can all three, you know, keep winning. I think we'll play. I think we'd play KU in the quarterfinals, I think. So it'd be the last game at Wichita. If we were both fortunate enough to make it, which would be pretty sweet. Um, yeah, obviously, um, it's cool to have all three of those teams. And Like I said, all three of them are pretty good. So there'll be some really, really good players.
1: I have to put you on the spot because this is an interesting question to me. Uh I don't know if it will be to you, but obviously teams get in this tournament and want to put the best roster out there and try to win and get the right. best players. Uh would you ever consider if KU KU's alumni team asked you to play, would you ever do that?
2: Um uh, I don't know if I would. Um Maybe if, but you know, if it wasn't for Wichita State and kind of the success that we've had as a team in the TBT, um, I would think about it. But I mean, right now it's, it'd be kind of hard to do that, just because with with the success that the, the aftershocks have had, I guess.
3: That's probably a very good answer. Given, it would be
1: interesting. I'm...
3: Given that my son painted you into a corner there, Connor. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're uh, I had a great question, but that question completely threw me off. We're talking. Uh, with Connor Frank camp. Gosh darn it. And I'm going to remember this in Does a you little bit. hate when that happens? Yeah, I do hate it when that happens. Uh, <laughs> I hate it with. Oh, I wanted to ask you about uh, Fred Van Vliet. Because here's a guy who now is 29. Uh, just signed a huge free agent contract with the Houston Rockets. We haven't really talked about it a whole lot on this show. But it's amazing to see what he's done with his basketball life and you were a teammate Uh, why what's your theory as to why Fred uh, has cashed in like this and become such a successful NBA player
2: Um, I think that he's an extremely hard worker and I think um, something unique about him is that he thinks he's the best player on the court no no matter who he's playing against And I think that's something that you know at his size that's something that you have to have to be successful, especially in the league. Um, he kind of has a unique mindset, which I think is amazing for him. And obviously he's been extremely successful with that. So um, I give, I give all my credits to him and I'm extremely happy for him, for the contract he signed and the career that he's, that he's building himself.
3: How hard is it to get that mentality that you're the best player, no matter who else is out there. I, I just can't imagine. And you're right. He's, He's felt that way since the uh, the first time I met him at Wichita State, and I'm sure before that. So, how difficult is it to develop that mindset?
1: Um,
2: I mean, it's difficult, you know. I think, you know, it's a hard mindset to have. Cause not everybody can have it. Um, I think he's kind of been an underdog, you know. He wasn't extremely highly recruited. Um, you, you kind of just kind of have to have that mindset. I think if you're kind of an underdog and you don't, you know, have those high majors after you and all that kind of stuff, and then like you said, he's kind of paved the way for himself in the league. And, um, I mean, yeah, I think I think it's unique. And I think, like I said, I think it's really cool for him.
1: So, Connor, not that you have, like, the roster sitting right in front of you or anything, but can you take us and, and fans who, who may not have followed it as closely just through some of the guys, especially some of the, the different or newer guys uh, on the Aftershocks this year? Um,
2: pretty much similar to, Similar team, obviously. I don't think Rashard's going to play. Um, Zach Brown is injured, unfortunately. He got injured late, like the last week of the season in Europe, so that was tough. Um, we have Jordan Parks. I forget where I forget where he went, but he's he's good. He's had a really good proker. He was in France. Um, I think he was on Marcus's team actually this year in France, and he had he had a good year. Um, we got Marcus Lee, who, used to, who who started at Kentucky, I think, and then I think he may have transferred, maybe not, but. He was at Kentucky was a McDonald's All-American, um, kind of kind of played a five and catch all the and stuff. Um, those are the two main faces that I can think of right now. Um, Tyrus McGee will be back, of course. So, I mean, pretty, pretty similar core to what we had last year.
3: And then, of course, your head coach, Zach Bush, who's leaving us, right? He's leaving uh, Kansas to go coach uh, high school basketball in Missouri, right?
2: He is, yeah. And he's going to, um, he's going to Nebraska Omaha because his, uh, oh, that's right. got, I think she's going to be a GA at Creighton, so that's what she played out, obviously. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good step for him. Um, I'm excited for him to kind of have a new chapter in his life, and you know, see where it takes him.
3: Connor, it's always a pleasure. We enjoy talking with you, and uh, best of luck at the TBT. We'll see you out there.
2: Thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. All
3: thanks. right, uh, there goes. Connor Frank Camp, who will be 28 uh, in a few days. Still pretty young. Still young, but uh, what did you think of my question about his autobiography? Uh, he'd have a good one. He and Ricky Ross would have two of the best autobiographies that you could possibly pen.
1: Perhaps, yeah. I, interesting stories. That's interesting a good top pen.
3: Whose autobiography would I read of athletes i covered those would be the top two really yeah i think so all right you have to think about it uh but connor's got a lot of twists and turns already no doubt here's mike Furches who joins the show hello mike
4: i'm telling you i don't you know i don't know whether to stay online or hang up or what
1: <laughs> you don't have to participate in this mike <laughs> That's oh okay. really no well, I mean,
3: Mike. said uh, we love having Mike with us. He's got a great top ten list today. My point before the break was, if he's not watching television shows, uh, then I'm disappointed in that. Well, I think I'm Mike watching. does watch some television shows.
1: Oh, oh I watched. Well, he told us last week he doesn't watch many. Go ahead, Mike. Well, I don't watch a ton of television,
4: but I do watch television. I'm mean, not trying to pick up several shows a week. Uh, I watched Alone. Uh, uh, reality show which i highly recommended the show i recommend real highly right now is joe pickett that's on paramount plus about a game what's the name out of the middle it of Wyoming. joe pickett i think you'd love it bob i think i made mention of that last week with dude and jeff uh it's on paramount plus it's kind of a cross between longmire and yellowstone
3: well i that's love it. both of
4: those i know that's why i think you'd love it uh I, it's the second season and uh, but the first season i i, I binged the first season in two days. It was that good. Wow. It's the best new show uh, in a long time, and uh, so I, you know, I do watch new television shows. I, I don't, I, what I don't watch, I don't watch a lot of the the big three: CBS, NBC, or ABC. Uh, there's so much good stuff on streaming, whether that be Paramount or Netflix uh, or whatever. And again, I was I wrote a piece the other day of how genuinely surprised I was that I liked the Stallone uh, family reality show. I don't like reality TV at all, but I found myself really liking that particular show. It's not over yet because it shows Sylvester Stallone, an actor that all of us love that knows the story of Rocky and how that was kind of modeled after his career of fighting hard and coming back. And the uh, you would think someone like that loses the sense of family. And he's been married to the same person for like going on 40 years and has three grown daughters, and it's it's kind of nice to see the love that that family has for each other.
3: So uh, interesting. I, yeah. I'll I'll check it out. But I'm in the midst of uh, kind of in the beginning stages of three streaming shows, and I want to. I'm curious to know whether you've seen any of them. Uh, Somebody somewhere, I believe, is the title of it. It's set in Manhattan. Uh, it's it's about a woman trying to find her find. Find a life, basically. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. I have Um, heard of that
4: show. I have heard of it. The the,
3: the next one is, uh, what's the the Righteous Gemstones? We've watched season one of that. That's uh, that's a very good show uh, with Danny McBride as the lead and John Goodman and uh, Walton Goggins, who you love. I think you'd like that uh, one. And then last night we started uh, watching The Bear, uh, which I've heard Season 2 is incredible. We're in the midst of uh, Season 1. So those are the three that we're uh, kind of embarking down the road on.
4: Yeah. I definitely want to watch The Bear. The things I've seen about that, and I, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. I haven't watched Season 1 as it video but I definitely want to see that. And I may start that up just the uh, you know, next couple of nights. Uh, and I'm I'm trying to get caught up on Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets is on Hulu now, which I have, and I don't have to have Showtime to watch it on Hulu. So I'm into episode three of season two of Yellow Jackets, and I think once I'm done with that. And you know, that says, I, I kind of watch shows, and I watch them. I watch the entirety of the season before I pick up another show, if I like it. Uh, does that make that's sense? a
3: smart. That's a smart oh. thing to do, by the way.
4: Yeah, yeah. I don't like to get confused with, like, three or four different series at the same time. And that's one of the beauties of streaming is that you can have the option to do that. And And the benefit of Hulu is I can get the package with that and not have to subscribe to Showtime and still see some of the Showtime series on Hulu. And season two of Yellow Jacket so far is better than season one, which is kind of a promising thing to say because season one was kind of icky. So, I definitely
1: yeah, I haven't started it there. season
3: two yet. Yeah, I what definitely do you got, Jeff?
1: I got nothing, really. I'm not really, you know, I don't. How'd you run a, a pop culture segment last week? What did we talk about, Mike? We, we talked about
4: movies and stuff. I, mean, we, I thought we had a pretty good segment. We talked some about series, but it, we talked mainly about some of the movies that were out, that Duda had seen and I had seen and, and uh, uh, you know, things of that nature. So I, I thought it went pretty good last week.
1: I started watching the rehearsal on HBO. I think it's on HBO. Max. Uh, with the guy from Nathan for you, Nathan Fielder, yeah. I thought that's that was pretty interesting. Uh, I've only yeah. watched two episodes so far. I may or may not keep watching it. It 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 really all depends on which way the wind is blowing that day.
3: Yeah, but just but you should watch that show. Yeah, he like has it. nothing on that. Like, nobody nobody uh, would. Nobody's heard of it.
1: Well, it just got renewed for a second season, so it must. Uh, people some somewhere have heard of it.
4: Well this this week as far as movies, I mean, I know the dude that goes to movies and you do as well sometimes, but this week is is supposedly going to be one of the possible breakout hits of the summer, uh, that starts tomorrow night and Joyride is kind of a raunchy comedy, which seems to be the trend of some comedies as of recent, but there's a lot of buzz about Joyride if you haven't seen it uh, and or know anything about it, but it's I'm gonna be going to see that tomorrow night and I'm seeing the new Jim Cabezel movie tonight. So there's a lot, of, there's a lot well, of movies that are happening, and all of them, not all of them, are major hits. The ones that are supposed to be the major hits, like The Flash, were total duds.
1: Well, what about Indiana Jones? Why haven't
4: you seen that yet? I have seen. It. I saw it on. I actually saw it two nights before opening night, Jeff.
1: All right. Well, <laughs> tell I, us about I, it. I, Hit and us and with wrote, some information. Well, it's it's good.
4: It's not. Uh, how old is Harrison Ford? Is he? He's up in his eighties, isn't he? I think he's eighty. Yeah. I mean, you cannot expect. Harrison Ford at eighty to do the same things that he did when he was forty or thirty-five. Uh, it's good. It's entertaining, but it's not. It's not. It's probably the worst of the Indiana Jones movies, but the worst of the Indiana Jones movies is still better than most movies. Uh, I'd I'd recommend seeing it. Uh, seeing it. Seeing it at a discount price if possible. But I enjoyed it. It's uh, simply because it's a. I think Indiana Jones is a historical movie character. And I think it will be the last time that we ever see him. And I'm surprised that we saw him again. So it was worth seeing just to see Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. You know, for an 80-year-old, I hope and pray I can do some of the action scenes that he does at 80. Uh, Of course, there's lots of CGI, which is obvious in some scenes, but uh, it's entertaining. It's a typical Indiana Jones type of story, just not nearly as good and action-packed as the movies of the past.
3: Uh, let me ask you about this, because you like horror movies, and we're talking with Mike Purchase. Uh, Insidious, The Red Door. Is that, uh, uh, is that one you're interested in?
4: Well, it's actually a, it's a sequel, and the first one was incredible. Incredibly scary, thought-provoking. And uh, I plan on seeing it probably Saturday. Uh, I'm going to see a band on Friday night, but I'm, I'm planning on seeing that, I think, on Saturday night. It looks good. And the previews kind of have me going to where I want to see it. So,
3: What uh, band are you going to see Friday night?
4: I, one of my favorite bands locally is called the Lou Brown Band. And they're playing out at Chicken and Pickle on Friday night. So I'm going to see them uh, at Chicken and Pickle. And if you haven't seen Lou Brown, they're a great cover band and uh, some really good guys that, that kind of have supported my band. And I like to support bands that have done the same. So good band at Chicken oh, and man. I've never been to Chicken and Pickle, so I'm looking forward to it.
3: That's uh, that sounds kind of fun. Chicken and Pickles is yeah. a fun place. You been there, Jeff? Yeah. Never
1: been. It's way out there for us, but I'll, I'm sure I'll have to get there eventually someday. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun place for Usually sure. Usually when we go out in that direction, it's to uh, Dave and Buster's. Well, maybe you ought to try Chicken and Pickle next. Maybe someday. Yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah, we will. But uh, Dave and Buster's is a lot of fun.
4: No question. I know that. I know that former mayor Jeff Longwell I always challenged him to ping pong, and Brent, Brandon Whipple, our new mayor. I've challenged him to a game of a chicken and pickle because I watched him play one of her celebrity buddies and got his butt kicked. So anytime I can kick a mayor's butt playing a game, <laughs> I'd like to do it. Because there's enough people like Jeff who could probably kick my butt playing certain games.
1: I'm not that good at ping pong. You'd probably smoke <laughs> me. So it's. Uh, I used to be really
3: good at ping pong, yeah. really good. And I don't. I probably wouldn't be. I'm 68 years old for crying out loud. No way I'd be as good. Well,
4: but it'd be, I'd be would be curious me, to know how good I was. Get me you, Phil Thompson, and a couple other guys together and play a game or two.
1: Yeah, you guys can start like a senior circuit or something. It yeah.
3: might hurt something. It wouldn't be pretty. I don't know. we we'll, we'll, I'll certainly <laughs> think about it. it feels,
1: uh, but enough what enough I
3: had, enough. what oh, I had enough. in my game uh, in ping pong was a I was able to backhand slice the ball. To the degree where it was almost impossible for anyone uh, to, to return it. And uh, I don't know that I have that ability anymore. I, I, I don't know.
4: I, I bet you still have it. Those, the, the slice moves or the, what I used, we used to call the English moves, or the English on the ball, The those don't go away. The reaction time goes away. But the ability to hit certain shots, I like that shots and drop, what I call drop shots. I played long ball. And then I try to drop one just on the corner, above the uh, just beyond the net, and uh, it was a lot of fun.
3: So, love playing that game in my youth, and up until I was, you know, I used to do it up until I was around 50. Pretty good. Yeah. Never played you, did I, Jeff? I don't know if you did. I probably didn't do well. Oh, I don't wow. remember
1: if uh, we ever participated. In... All right, Mike.
3: Tell us your top 10 list
4: uh strange hobbies from celebrities top 10 strangest hobbies from celebrities
3: that's interesting i don't need I, I would have had to google that did you have to google it
4: well uh, some of it I, I was a there was a celebrity that i saw a show on on the sunday morning show on cbs and that's what kind of intri- intrigued my interest in it is i i knew of uh i did not know of his hobby which was kind of strange and then i started looking at hobbies and found a ton of them and, was able to pick ten out fairly easily.
3: All right, I look forward to that. Jeff, you're doing what again? My favorite Hawaiians. Well, I hope Colton Wong is on that list for my for my wife's sake. Uh, well, but Shukamu, I doubt what he is.
1: I, he's not. I'm sorry.
4: That's too bad. Well, I hope Jake Shukamakara is on there. He won't. He be. Have no idea. I don't know who that he, is. He, he has, look him up. He's most. He's one of the most phenomenal musicians on the planet.
3: And my uh, list will be my favorite activities from my youth, and from my youth, I'm saying ages seven or eight to age fifteen or sixteen. Uh, Some are things that were that were fun that I remember fondly. That's what we're going to do next: Top Ten Wednesday. Mike Purchase with us. We'll be back.